authenticity realistically, I mean, from my point of view is when your inner world and your outer world are in alignment, I guess. So really understanding what it is that you value, what you enjoy, what inspires you, you know, what are all the things that uniquely make you who you are and how do you make sure that your lived experience or that image that you're putting out there or the experience that people can see of you as a person is authentic to what you are internally. So that's why I think it's super important, this idea of authenticity, not necessarily if you don't run a business or you don't have a brand, because whether you want to admit it or not, you yourself as a person, you, you carry around a personal brand with you everywhere, just by virtue of the choices that you make, you know, the clothes that you wear, the groceries that you buy, like little things, you're in full control of what it is that your personal brand is or who you are as a person. Welcome to The Balance Theory, a podcast aimed at arming you with tools and tips so that you are well equipped to not only identify and define, but own your own definition of balance. I'm your host, Erica, and thank you for joining me today. Hey, Balancers, and welcome back to another double episode for this month of June, our one year anniversary. For those of you who may have just joined us on our journey, we are doing double episodes all month to celebrate this milestone. And the second guest I've had on, or the second episode of every week, has been someone from my personal circle. So if you missed last week's, it was actually my partner. Next week, I'm going to have my best friend, who's also my business partner. But today, I've got a partner I did not choose, but nonetheless forms such an incredible part of my personal circle and that is my darling sister she's two years younger than me but we are super super close and before i dive in and tell you guys what you can expect on today's episode i do want to say i don't want you to feel put off by the topic or the title of this episode so my sister is a designer and she does focus on branding and we do use that as a platform to kind of dive into self-development, but you don't need to have any personal relationship to like a brand or a business or anything like that to get a lot out of today's episode. As you know, this is all about balance. And so even though sometimes a guest might seem a bit random, I am bringing them on because I feel like they have something super valuable to offer to your personal development, your understanding of balance and our collective growth as humans. So bear with me. Don't tune out even if you don't have a business because I'd actually say this is a must listen for all self-development junkies. I always love when I get to have conversations that really reposition the way I look at my areas of life or the way I critique my values or the things I personally am invested in or just sort of reflect in general. And this was nothing short of that. The other thing I need to say is being sisters and being so close in age, we actually have a very similar voice. So you may find at times you don't know who's talking. So look, it doesn't really matter. You're still going to get the content at the end of the day, but just warning, you might find uh, some commonality there. And the last thing, sorry about all the updates, but the last thing is in the episode I do mention, so we've got a little PDF that Sonia's kindly put together to sort of bolster your experience with the framework we talk about today. Um, but I do in the episode say that you'll have to email me to get a copy of that, which has now changed. I have actually put a Google Drive link in the show notes below. Much easier, quicker, you can do it on your own time. So just scroll down to the bottom and ignore me during the episode when I mention that. Please don't email me, all hundreds of you. <laughs> won't be able to respond individually. Unless you want to chat and have something nice to say, feel free to email me away. That being said, I can now formally welcome my sister Sonia onto the podcast. She has recently gone out and started her own brand called Depel, which is a play or a spin on our surname Depelegrin, which if some of you are wondering is actually Northern Italian. And people always ask me, where does the D come from? The D-E space Pellegrin. And I did a little bit of Googling a while back. First answer I got was that it denotes nobility. And so no doubt I didn't Google any further after that. But anyway, tangent aside, I'm super proud of her for starting a business at the age of 23. She's taken her creative design. So she used to describe her work as um, experiential design, which is sort of like when you go to events and you see brands sponsoring it or they have pop-ups or certain interactive things. She sort of worked in a while in that space and now she's gone off and, and I think palmed her talent for graphic design and creativity in, the, in building brands and made her own business off that. So her and the team there are just amazing. Anything you see me doing, whether it be with ES Fit, with a podcast, anything that looks like someone's put some aesthetic thought behind it, it absolutely was not me. Maybe like I picked the colors or something very top level, but she is to thank for anything that looks nice. Also, if you tuned in last week, my partner's brand Modus, she's done all the branding for that too. So she's doing incredible, incredible things. And the reason I wanted to get her on is because her approach to branding 
is so refreshing. It gets down to authenticity. It gets down to the person. It gets down to what are the decisions you make that you want reflected in your business. Now, I do want to say that this approach is not appropriate for all businesses. If you're looking to build something up quickly and sell it, it may not be the approach for you. But what I've found or I guess the commonalities I've seen with the brand she's working with are brands that want to build community. They want to have a personal impact or imprint on people's lives. And I guess when we thread that back to ourselves, that's, I think, a fair thing to say about most of us. We want to have a positive impact on the lives of other people and we want to leave a great mark on this earth. And so through the lens of branding, you will discover how you can be a little bit more introspective, how the answers might be hidden in your daily routine, how we can question our self-care, make sure it actually aligns with our authentic self. And on the note, what does authenticity even mean? That and so much more. I'm going to dive straight in on the PDF to download. You can get all her contact details, but I have linked her Instagram in the show notes. And if you do want to work with her or engage her further or ask her anything, be sure to mention the podcast as I've made sure she's going to look after all our balances. Take a screenshot. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was. And I'm so excited to be sharing my beautiful sister, Sonia. Alrighty, in a month of first and to continue celebrating the birthday month, I am honored to bring you another person from my personal circle. Today I have on my sister, but I must preface by saying you may get confused as to who's speaking. We get told all the time that we sound exactly the same. So I'll let her introduce herself and you can tell me what you think. (laughs) Hello, I'm Sonia and I don't know if anyone just heard the change in voice just then, (laughs) but this is Sonia speaking. And yes, I'm Erica's sister and we sound, I think... Quite similar. Pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, it's weird for us. Like, remember we always used to say, like, when we would speak to mum's sister, and we'd be like, oh my God, you guys sound the same on the phone. Yeah. Now it's weird that it's like... The same thing. Same as us. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully you get to prank your children in the future. Yeah. Call that would them be... up and scream at them. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Now, the reason I've gotten you on today, number one, obviously, I mean, a lot of people actually wouldn't know this, but my sister's helped me with a lot of the branding. So everything that actually looks good on the podcast <laughs> side on my social media most likely has a lot to do with her. Um, and so that's why I've gotten her on today. Obviously, her background is in branding. Um, I, will, I won't butcher it. I will let her kind of talk a little bit more about what she does. I'm so proud of her. She's recently gone out and started her own business, which is huge at the mere age of 23 years old. Um, But I guess just to give you all a little bit of a background before we dive in, Sonia and I were chatting about what we really wanted to speak about today. And I think her approach to branding is super unique and one that we can pull apart and really look at from a self-development point of view, which I think will be most useful to all of us when considering our own balance. So be prepared to sort of rethink or reshape the way you think about branding and just in general, the whole process, I think this will be very eye-opening for you all. And then we're going to loop it back in and I guess talk about what it actually means to you. So if you're someone sitting there who doesn't have a brand per se, doesn't have a business, I think you're still going to get a lot out of today. So don't go running anywhere just yet. I'm going to let Sonia talk a little bit about what she's doing now and how I guess her approach varies to what I think a lot of people might ordinarily view as branding. And then I guess we can take it from there. So Sonia, Mike's all yours. I might have to cue her in so you guys know when we're changing over. Yeah, you need like a little bell before I start talking. (laughs) Sonia talking now. Um, Cool. Well, thanks for having me on, Erica. Um, So yeah, I guess you nice intro for me. The way that I approach, I did start my own business just recently um, that is centered around building brands, um, both from, I guess, the ground up from scratch or sort of working with existing brands uh, to sort of develop them and push them towards, um, I guess, my approach and my lens on branding and what they should be and what brands should be, um, which is very much through a lens of sort of building authentic brands that really resonate with the passion and the people behind, I guess, the, even the reason that the brand even exists. Kind of looking at branding from a much more authentic and personally led place as opposed to looking at it from a more I guess advertising marketing um, or even more of a transactional way which is just aesthetics first it's kind of coming from it from really understanding the people and the message and the mission behind why the brand even exists or the business even exists and then making sure that that is what leads a brand strategy and a brand visual as opposed to marketing or advertising yeah Yeah. and I think that's so important in an era where they're almost every market is saturated like really there's because it's it's so easy really to start a business these days you can work from your computer from anywhere Mm -hmm. um 
it can be, I think it's quite easy, you know, having obviously done ES Fit and Sonia's worked with us a lot. Mm. I mean, the whole branding she's done. <laughs> but, um, you know, like coming into a market that is already saturated, your point of difference is how you communicate, how you relate to your your clients or your customers. And that's not necessarily what ads you throw in front of their face. It's about the values and morale of the brand. And I guess I really only have this perspective because of you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I just think in understanding it, it's, it's such an important thing to do, especially if your brand is something linked to something you're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but so, sorry, go on. No, that's fine. Um, it's very much like, I guess my client base and I, it's not the approach that works for everyone. And I will sort of preface that, mm. that my way of going about working with the brand is not going to work for every type of business or every type of brand structure. But what my client base looks like is people that, you know, it's their side hustle. It's their passion project. They're an entrepreneur. They're really, you know, they're a small business owner. It's something that they're very much personally invested in. So I like to look at it and this might be seem a little bit, I guess, counterintuitive, but I'm not looking to help people build their brand. So they've got more orders and they know what to do with, or, you know, uh, they've, you know, got, I don't know, work flying out of their ears. It's just that it's a very working towards a really fulfilling way of having a business and making people feel as though they've got a business that represents who they are, Mm. the passion and the reason that their business exists in the first place and that that is communicated. So what you've got instead of a, a quantity of engagement, I mean, obviously you're hoping for a high quantity, but it's a quality and a a richness of engagement with your consumer base because you're coming from it from a a values-based place or a a personal point of view. So you do get a a much richer experience with your client base and for your life as well. If it's your Mm. small, it's your business baby, it's your, you know, your side hustle. You want to have something that really reflects who you are as a person, not just something that's going to make you money as the be all end all goal. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think if you are doing something as a passion, um, look, and obviously there are going to be businesses or startups that are purely a monetary thing. You know, you're getting on the next big trend and whatever, and you may not be as interested uh, to invest money or time into building the personal brand, which is why I like the Mm. fact that you said this isn't for everyone. Um, Although I do think when we loop this into you as a person um, and how you can take this on as an individual can definitely apply to most people. But if we're looking at that point of authenticity, Mm -hmm. right? And I just, I just want to kind of start here because I know there are going to be a lot of people listening who don't necessarily have their own business. And I feel Mm. like for them, a lot of these Um, They may feel like a lot of these discussions about running a business or developing a business or anything like entrepreneurial, they feel like may not resonate with them. But I do think this element of authenticity is what really ties your approach in with anything really to Mm. do with self-development. So can you tell me a little bit about why should someone care about a personal brand? What does it even mean? So probably good to start with what I view authenticity to actually mean um, as the crux of a lot of my practice. Um, Authenticity realistically, I mean, from my point of view is when your inner world and your outer world are in alignment, I guess. So really understanding what it is that you value, what you enjoy, what inspires you, you know, what are all the things that uniquely make you who you are and how do you make sure that your lived experience or that image that you're putting out there or the experience that people can see of you as a person is authentic to what you are internally. Mm. It's that whole idea of like, you know, the person you end up going to sleep with at the end of the day is yourself. Like you are responsible for you and no one else is. So you are actually responsible for living a really fulfilling and authentic life. And I think it's really, um, really important this holding onto this idea of authenticity to really understand what it is that you value internally and then making sure that that is viewed externally. Yeah. Making sure that that is constantly in alignment. I think that's what authenticity is so that's why i think it's super important this idea of authenticity not necessarily if you don't run a business or you don't have a brand because whether you want to admit it or not you yourself as a person you you carry around a personal brand with you everywhere just by virtue of the choices that you make you know the clothes that you wear the groceries that you buy like little things you're in full control of what it is that your personal brand Mm. is or who you are as a person yeah, your personal brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to dive into this because I think for a lot of people, when they're sitting there thinking about, okay, that's great. Like, I want to be authentic. Everybody wants to be authentic. Everybody yeah. wants to be in alignment in, in the inner outer world. You know, they're rising, sun, moon, whatever, all those <laughs> things. You want them to be all in alignment. But I think it's a lot easier said than done. So I think what would be really useful here is if we kind of go through, because having done your branding workshops yeah. and worked with you closely, 
um, you know, through, in a professional capacity, mm. I understand the process and I can see how that would be so useful to someone sitting there going, I actually don't know what I enjoy. I don't know what my values are. They might think they know, but when it comes down to articulating it, like, I don't know if anybody listening right now, you may have, you know, in the past when we've spoken about finding the things that really light you up or assessing the things that really zap your energy and etc., you may find it actually hard articulating that pen to paper. So how does one actually, like maybe maybe you can go through your process mm. with the client, how you do that, and then maybe yeah. everybody listening can just maybe pull away a few things that they feel like would be useful in determining that for themselves. Because I think that's really the starting point. You can't, it's like when you're setting mm. boundaries or setting goals, you can't do all of those things if you don't know who you are, where you are, yeah. and what you want, if you can't articulate that. Yeah. So I guess the approach that I take with my clients as well as I, I run a building your brand workshop, which is where I've, I've formulated so much fun, <laughs> formulated a couple of questions that, um, look to kind of tease out of my clients, um, answers that they may or may not fully understand themselves. So what I basically do is you're asking yourself sort of, uh, vaguer questions or I ask my clients, um, more vague questions. I ask people sort of people that they admire, you know, experiences, the way that they describe themselves, little things. And like I said before, you know, it comes, your personal brand is built on your brand is built on little choices that you make mm. often, you know, your morning routine, the exercise you like to do, the clothes you choose to wear, the way you cut your hair, you know, all those kinds of things add up and are little telltale signs if you sit down with those things and all the I guess the routine elements of your lived experience or just the things that often come up as part of your choices as an individual if you sit down with them and you spend a bit of time unpacking what those actually mean um, you can actually find commonalities and common threads throughout Mm. all of them that start to paint a bit of a picture of um, not necessarily the simple or the obvious thing like you know maybe I wear black every day but that doesn't necessarily mean that I am like a morbid person or, you know, really, really boring or really like monotonous. It, it actually might mean something a little bit more, uh, something a little broader for me, something a little bit deeper. And if I sit with that idea, I start to write that down and I take inventory of the things. Um, it's something that I talk about on my Instagram a lot. Um, just people that read my super, super long captions on my posts is it's not hard work, but it is a lot of work. You actually need to take the time to sit down mm. um, and, you know, constantly take stock of what it is that you're doing. I ask my, I guess, my followers or my clients as well, you know, when you have an experience that moves you in a certain way, you know, positively or negatively, take a minute to write that down or I guess take note of it and sit with it. You know, what did you like about that experience? What didn't you like? What rubbed you the wrong way? What really got you thinking? If you start to take note of that sort of stuff, as you go, you'll sit with it. It'll become really apparent to you what kinds of experiences or kinds of things you do and you don't value. Yeah. And I think like having, as I said, like obviously I've done the workshop, Simone and I have done it with you for ES Fit. And I think particularly it was even more interesting doing it as a duo because what Sonia actually got us to do was to complete this like initial, I would say it was like a largely a reflection, really. The first yeah. part's really like a reflection and critique on yourself. And really it wasn't even about the business at the start. Mm. It was really just about me as a person, Simone as a person. And I think from your point of view, like that's so important because you need to make sure that we're actually aligned before you create a brand that's supposed to be authentic to both of us. Yeah. Right. And Upon reflection now, just thinking about it, like if we look at that tool, if we look at that practice, what it actually does is it's honoring people's individuality and then bringing it together. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think that anybody listening who, you know, may think, okay, it's a good time for me to sit down and reflect on what experiences make me feel good. What makes me feel bad? What do I enjoy? What are my values? If you're going to undertake that and you have other key relationships in your life that are really important, like your best friend or your partner or a sibling, you know, and you spend a lot of time with those people. Maybe you work with them. Maybe you just, you know, live in a household with them. If they actually were to do that on their own as well, and Mm. then you were to come together as a secondary piece, it could actually be quite a useful tool in, in bolstering your relationship. Yeah. In helping you understand each other. Yeah. On a deeper level, um, not to say you're critiquing each other's answers or marking each other or anything like that. It's more about like coming together and being like, okay, that's what authenticity means to you yep. and respecting and appreciating that. Um, 
yeah, I just I just had a little brainwave and I was mm. like, this is like, cause, because Simone and I did it as a couple, shall we say, yeah. <laughs> I think it could actually be a really good tool, not only for like a self-critique analysis, but for a relationship as yeah, well. Yeah, I think I actually have never thought of it like that. But when thinking about... Thank me later. Yeah, I was like, that's a, it's a good tool. I should use that. Um, but thinking about it in the context, I do work with a lot of, a lot of my clients are teams of people or they're the duos like you and Simone. Um, and what it is and what I like about authenticity as a place to lead from is that there is no right and no wrong, which is awesome because mm-hmm. I can't look at you in the way that you live your life and would look at the way that I live my life. It, it, there's nothing correct or incorrect. I mean, you know, ethics and morals aside, but there's no hard and fast. Yes, you must be doing this. No, you must not do that. So when you come from a lens of authenticity and when you guys did the workshop together, you're very right in saying that it's a reflection and it's a reflection on yourself as well as the way you perceive things and the way that you perceive the world. And by virtue of you guys being so close and starting business together, you get this really, really nice overlap and, you know, with your partner, with your parents, you know, with people that you live with, there are going to be overlaps by virtue of you guys getting along. You're going to have common ground. Mm. So it's actually really nice to identify what those are and then identify the differences as well. So you can equally as important. Yeah, absolutely. Recognizing the differences in people because then you also get a level of understanding of your differences and sort of where the, the rocky areas might be. But with that understanding, you no longer come from it at a point of like, this is a problem. Mm. It's just that we are coming from it from two different you know, value systems or two different lived experiences. Yeah. Well, where, that makes me feel shit and that makes you feel good. Like, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you can work one way, you know, you know, maybe for the example of you and Simone, it's like you might work really well to like a rigid structure, whereas she might work a little bit, you know, better autonomously or so once you guys have that understanding that those are differences in values or potentially commonalities in values, you can actually start to streamline your process and change things up about, you know, how you run your business or say, your relationship communication or you can you can expand yeah. that to any relationship once you understand where you're coming from there's no space for that to come across as like a negative thing it's just a point yeah. of difference absolutely and um before we go ahead i just want to add a small uh, anecdote here that obviously goes without saying how valuable this process of reflection is to your own balance you know you can't you can't even begin to work out what balance means to you at any given point in your in your life if you don't know what you need and want. If you don't know what actually makes you feel good and quote balanced, or, you know, if you don't if you can't identify what throws you off your horse makes you feel not balanced. You know, so this process in and of itself is sort of like what we went through in the start of the month in our Monday Muse, what we went through in episode zero, it's that process of reflection. So whether it's easier for you to do something a bit more guided with questions and on that note, Sonia and I have actually put together a really short questionnaire that will be circulating. So um, if you do want that, you can email me at the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. I'll put it in the show notes below just so you don't have to remember that off the top of your head. But what we want to do is, you know, for those people who do need a little bit more structure, i.e. me, <laughs> you know, you might prefer to follow some questions. And so that could be something really useful to you. Or you could just go back and listen to the other episodes where we go through the questions together. Or you might be someone who's a little bit more abstract like Sonia (laughs) Um, and you might be able to just do that on your own maybe you're more creative and you find that that comes out through your passions maybe you you like journaling maybe you like drawing whatever it is like this process of reflection doesn't have to be something rigid that you read in a book or that you hear on a podcast like we're just talking about it in terms of how Sonia approaches her branding which I think has a lot of really nice overlaps in personal development Um, but whatever that looks like to you that process of reflection is super key um But yes, what I want to do now is, Mm. so obviously the first part is the reflection. It's getting to know what authenticity means to the business owner slash owners. And then what? Because a lot of, I think a lot of people when it comes to branding, like, right, I just need a logo and a name. Yeah. You know, so obviously this is really in depth and we're talking like, we're, we're really bringing a brand identity. Think of like the Lululemons, the Nikes, the, the brands Mm. you look at and you think, you know, they've got a community behind them. You yeah. can see their presence in, in that's how, that's what I kind of think when I'm thinking about my businesses. Like I want people to look at them and feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. It's bigger than me and Simone. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So you, you, you start off with this reflective kind of process and then what? Yeah. So I think a, a really common pitfall, um, 
And I guess with the advent of so many people having businesses, courtesy of COVID, people had more time to focus on things like a side hustle and things like that. So a lot of people have businesses now and you've got really awesome tools, free tools available online. Um, there's a lot of, you know, thanks to Instagram, you've got access to amazing designers all over the world. Like it's become really, really easy to build a brand, but what ha it has become really easy to do also is to just start with things that look good or bank on the fact that things look great. So you've got these awesomely curated Instagram feeds, but there's not actually a lot of substance to the mm. offering. And like you said, you've got those communities. So you've got like, you know, all the brands that you listed, they've got communities behind them. There's a, a bigger drive. Um, there's sort of this attraction and this resonance that people feel to these brands because they are super clear on what their positioning is and positioning Basically, the difference I like to look at the two parts of a brand, your brand identity and your brand positioning. Your brand identity is things like your logo, your colors, the, obviously the things that make up the visual elements. Yeah. And your positioning is really all of that emotive stuff. It's the stuff that we start with building out what that, you know, the brand story is, what the tone of voice is, what the values are, um, you know, really all the nitty gritty of where you come from. That is what people resonate with, you know, as a designer or as a creative, it is like the basics one or one of your job to make something look good. But, you know, when you come as a, you know, creative strategist or, you know, as a designer in general, you want to be coming at it from a more robust strategic point of view, because if you just go in, with things that look pretty, it's almost like when, if you want to relate this back to a person, I describe this, it's like if you saw someone that's dressed impeccably, beautifully, they're gorgeous, you're just taken by them from across the room and then you talk to them, you introduce yourself to them and it just falls flat mm. and there's just no substance to what they're talking about. The personality is jarring. It feels very like transactional, superficial. That is what brands that lead mm. with visuals feels like at least to me and that's what it feels like to a lot of consumers these days they're happy to call that out from yeah. a mile away being like this is disingenuous you're just looking for my money i'm not willing to invest in this i don't want to align myself with this i'm looking for a business that actually resonates with my values mm. so that's why businesses and brands that are built from a point of understanding this authenticity they may they may not have you know hundreds of thousands of followers or they might not have more orders than they know what to do with, but they might have enough to keep them fulfilled as a business owner and have really, really rich connections mm. with their consumers and repeat customers and people that are really on board with the brand mission. They love the, the owner. They, they know about their story. They're connected with the brand. Like you said before, that's not an approach that's going to work for everyone. Some people are there, have businesses to make money and that's perfectly valid, mm. but that's not the case for a lot of people that are small business owners that are, you know, artisans you know artists creatives people that are the the fiber of their own business yeah. that's just not going to cut it and you want to actually be leading with the richness of the source is it's just it seems crazy to me that you would ignore that it's like mm. it's such a it's such a well-considered tool when i say it i mean the person that mm. this idea has come from or the team that it's come from it's such a unique point of view that no one else has anyway that's why you can't copy things yeah it's so unique so it's you're doing yourself a disservice by not yeah. using that as the place from which you i guess establish or identify your business yeah then once you have that you want to be making sure that your visuals are supporting that narrative not that they look really nice over here and match an aesthetic that you saw on pinterest once or a lot of people are gonna go oh dagger in the <laughs> heart then i mean like i use pinterest <laughs> all the time and i use it to curate and i don't think that taking inspiration from visual things or having an idea about what you want your aesthetic to look like having visual preferences is also part of who you are as a person so it's you know that can come from an authentic place but too many people start with what they want things to look like and not what they want to say i think that's the case with a lot of people just to bring this back to your own personal self that's when you start having those you know those interactions, inauthentic. yeah, inauthentic, disingenuous experiences with people. Cause you know, they're trying to be something that they're not, or they're trying to impress you in a way that's not authentic to them. Or, you know, just that, that, 
I guess, lack of alignment, that lack of authenticity yeah. is so obvious. No, this is amazing. And this like really touches on the whole, what I want to be doing versus what I should be doing. Yeah. And the really the same thing comes with business. And I think it's hard. Like when you're, especially if you're in a saturated market, you're looking left, right and center and you're trying to find what, okay, what's everyone else doing? What's working for them? Yeah. Okay. That's what we should be doing. We should be jumping on the bandwagon, you know, because especially as a small business, you think if you take too many risks or go too far left, you are not, you don't have the capacity to do certain things, but I love that you've brought that back to the individual. Cause really when I think it's a good, um, it's almost a good question to ask yourself, like in business, like if your business is something that reflects you as a person, then I think you should be asking yourself the question, you know, in that moment, what would you do as a, as an individual? Are you going to do something because you should be doing it or because you actually want to be doing it? Are you doing something because another brand's doing it, i.e. because somebody else in your circle is doing it? Mm. I think there's so many parallels there. And if you are in the business of building a brand that is truly a reflection of who you are, then this is absolutely something you need to hone in on. But one thing, two things I wanted to ask you. The first one, mm. so we obviously spoke about how you got to have that brand authenticity first and then you kind of lead and develop the visuals what if there's somebody listening now who has you know just kind of done and and i say this with love you know but done the bare minimum in terms of you know they've just got their logo and their colors and their brand name and they've just sort of started their business on that is it too late for them to build in the authenticity no absolutely not i think it's it's never too late to take inventory and to to rehash and that's the beauty of things like a rebrand it's not a throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's about working what we, with what we've got. And, you know, people that have done a bit of a DIY job, you know, they've also made choices creatively along the way based on what they think should be working. You know, there's, there's things that you can honour from that, but it's definitely not too late. And, yeah, so there's always things that you can take back and you can reshape your brand or your business to include or exclude things as you see that they become relevant or irrelevant to the business. And I actually wanted to throw an example in here just from this morning. Um, I'm in the market to buy some linen sheets and one of my favorite, um, she's like an artisan sort of linen maker. Um, I went on her website and she's actually taken a hiatus until the middle of July. She's like, we only do two drops um, a year because it's her personal business. And she's got a little explanation on there. I thought it was really interesting. Um, where she was like, I know this isn't the way people do business, but this is my business and this is how I want to operate it. And like, I follow her on Instagram as well. And she's, you know, raising her kids, living her life. And she actually, she sold, she sells out every time that she stocks. So it's also sort of a slightly clever marketing point, but you know, at any point she could switch to another system that works best for her, but because she's being authentic the whole time and she's coming from a place of authenticity no one's going to turn around and look at that and be like, how dare you not sell me sheets, mm. you know, constantly throughout the year. People that resonate with that be like, awesome. You know, she's a, you know, a mum that's also a craftsman. Like I can respect that she's making that different choice for a business. Mm. If I resonate with this business, that's totally fine by me. I'll wait till July. That's absolutely fine. I think people are really scared to take risks to I guess honor who they are as people or do things that go against the grain or against what they've been told to do whether that's in business or in life as well and it's actually okay like it's it takes a lot of courage to do that and I'm not saying that it's easy by any means but it just requires you to do a bit of hard work and take stock of what it is that you value or work with someone that can Mm. pull that out and then be like, okay, how do I build my business on my brand to really reflect that? Because at the end of the day, you don't want to be running a business that's sapping the life out of you. You don't want it to turn into a thing that you loathe every morning. Because if you do, something about that is not authentic and is not in alignment with what you value. So you do actually need to constantly do that or you're going to drive yourself insane. Yeah, and on this point, like obviously... Maybe if that lady had started her business, you know, years ago before she had kids, perhaps the structure would have been slightly different. But it just goes to show that, and I'm sure everybody can relate to this, when you, you know, are at a point of change in your life, it's generally because something's not working anymore, but it doesn't mean that that hasn't worked up until that point. And so your DIY logo and colors may have served you up until this point now, but maybe it's a question of you want to now grow a community or, you know, you've got the resources and the funds now to actually take your branding to the next level. I understand what it's like, you know, getting a business off the ground. Sometimes you have to decide what corners you want to cut 
And that's going to come down to really your values and priorities yeah. at any given point in time. But it, you know, it's like in your personal life too. You go through moments where things serve you and things don't and moments where you want to dive deeper into something maybe you become more religious or spiritual at any given point in your life Mm -hmm. or you know you have a relationship you build a family so it's all about riding the waves of life riding the waves of business and you know acknowledging what parts have served you but i think in and amongst my tangent the point was that you can even if you've looked back at a process and gone right that was kind of a waste of time like whatever, maybe you learned a few lessons and you're a bit like, whatever, I'm just going to push it aside. You can still reflect on that and take, okay, well, what, what can I learn about my own authenticity from that? So I think just to loop that back into what Sonia was saying, if you are sitting there and you've just got the visual parts of your brand and you think it's just a little bit of a rush DIY job, I just sort of did it with the money I had at the time. As she mentioned, like you still would have made creative decisions on that, what colors you wanted, even if, you know, you just had someone on Airtasker do it or whatever Mm. it is, like you still would have had to liaise with them and have some creative control. So you can still ascertain, I guess, points of authenticity from any decisions you've made. And that also Mm. backs the point that you just can't regret anything. And everything is there to show you something about yourself, whether it's what you like or what you don't. Yeah, I was on on that point. I was hoping you kind of came around to that because... I actually posted about this somewhat recently, but you should be taking everything in life and in business, whatever. My approach is that you just take your lived experience as the basis for making your business brand decisions or your personal ones is that everything is an opportunity to understand or to discover what you do like and what you don't like. And in my, in my workshop with, you know, my building your brand workshop, what I, I also ask people questions that are negatively skewed about what they didn't like in certain situations mm. or how they would have changed things or things that they might not necessarily like love about themselves or things that they can be a little bit more critically, I uh, think a little bit more critically on. Which um, is not always easy to no, identify. No, really hard to do, which is why I don't go into my, you know, my brand workshop going like, what are your six core values? Because if, if you ask anyone that, even if you ask me that, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I'd say pasta. That's the first thing that comes to my head. Yeah, it's not even value, man. Sleep and food. Yeah, but sleep that, is definitely one. But they're not the things, yes. you know, actually to take those two examples, because I jokingly said them out loud, sleep and food are not things that I don't not value. Sorry for all the, the negative, the, the double negatives there. Sleep and food are things that I value. Yes, I might not make up part of my core value system, but sleep is something, is an interesting one. Some people don't place a high value on sleep. Like some people sleep for five hours and they're ready to go. They're up and doing things. I place a high value on sleep because I like rest. I like silence. I like calm. I like to sort of end my day in a really chill sort of way. And I know that sleep's probably a bit of a vague example, but food is also representative of sharing. It's about creativity. There's a lot of different things in there. And this is sort of the approach we take is that you shouldn't be looking at what it actually is it's sort of yeah, the don't what. focus on the yeah, yeah it's not the the manifestation of what it is and interestingly it's about taking inventory as you go in life mm. because the execution of what you value is going to be different Change. based on what part of your life that you're in you know you know me wanting to you know cook for people and share and have people around me might that idea of sharing and community space, you know, in 15 years time for me might look really, really different. Mm. You know, that might be, and for someone else that might also be a very, very different manifestation Mm. of that. And that's what it is. It's about keeping that constant inventory because once you understand where that idea comes from or sort of why it, it, it presents itself the way it does in your life, you can make choices and shift ongoing based on that. Um, and that also goes with the things that don't, you don't like, you know, you might be in a relationship or end a relationship or end a job or something. And from that learning and that lived experience, you go, I understand that that, that is not something I need in my space anymore. So you will continue to, you know, shift your life or address things or work differently to ensure that that is authentic to how you feel and that that's not present. Yeah, no, I'm glad you looped it back to the point of that cycle and a changing life because that's everything we always say about balance. You know, to to be balanced is not like a fixed state. It's an ongoing dance with the ups and downs yeah. of life, literally. And mm. so you do need to find a practice that works for you. And obviously today the focus is on, you know, branding, but how you can then apply that to your personal brand. But I don't think we uh, shut the loop on 
your process. So oh, sorry. <laughs> after the reflection, there's obviously the visual, um, yeah. the branding visuals, which is where that's where really that's the fun because the yeah. step between the reflection and the visuals is, is something that like a lay person, i.e. someone with no creative eyeballs, i.e. me, <laughs> Sonia got all the creative juices. Thanks mum. Um, I got zero. I'm good at maths. I was like, she I got think. a whole stack of all the good <laughs> virtues. That's for sure. But, um, honestly like you and en- you're answering these questions and to be honest not that i don't trust you but i was a bit like this is like really random like i don't know how yeah. you're gonna pull this together and honestly when you see the visuals come to life i'm just like this is magic you end up going from answering like a google doc to getting a pdf which has your brand values your colors you know potential logos potential taglines and you're like this is literally exactly what I was thinking, but 10 times better. And and Simone said the same thing. And I know you, so many people around us that you've worked with who have said the same thing. And it's just incredible how you take what seems like random answers. I mean, you obviously know what you're doing, <laughs> but it's very impressive for me. Thank you. All right. It's a very, like, I mean, it's a very flattering way of my work process, way of describing my work process, but I'm sure it's not that fun for you, but no, I actually, I actually really enjoy it. I get a lot of, um, you know, pleasure in the middle of my, I, I really like the middle of my workshops where I get to like my fourth or fifth question. And there's actually not that many questions. I'm sure you remember because I, I like to keep it more conversational, but you get to the middle point of, um, the workshop and I can already start seeing a lot about who the person is that I'm talking about or whether it's the team of people that I'm talking to. It's actually funny to see the answers kind of go over their heads a little bit. I'm like, I don't think you guys realize how much common ground there is or the kind of values that you're talking to because, and that's the beauty of working with someone like a brand strategist or a creative strategist or a designer or whatever you want to, whoever you're working with is that they are able to sort of, see the commonalities in things and sort of see the underlying current, you will never really be able to do that yeah. so clearly for yourself. You you kind of have to do that as an ongoing, you have to flex that muscle yeah. quite a lot as an individual. But by the time I get to the end of the workshop, I've got all these answers and then we sort of take them away and I do my little fairy godmother juju on there. Yeah, that's what we can leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to have to engage me to figure out what those steps are. <laughs> no. Um, so we kind of go away and I make sense of that and I formulate the base. It's not like I take that and then go, okay, what visual choices am I going to make from this? Is that we build up the structure, the values, you know, the positioning of the business, sort of the character, the personality of the brand. And then we kind of think in light of the comments that the clients have made or sort of the client at the time, what their aesthetic choices are, what they actually also want to see for their brand, the colors that they like, all those sorts of things you can't ignore, Mm. um, you know, in the process of branding. But I can take that idea and also kind of analyze a little further their aesthetic choices. You know, maybe they're coming to me and they're like, I really like, you know, ABC in this style, but I can see that they actually just really like clean, minimal design. They're like flat color. They like a certain type of font. I'm not expecting a lay person, as you put it, to be able to understand what it is that they like about those designs. But, you know, you can, it's the same way people can describe they like a certain painting or a certain sofa or a certain cushion in their bedroom. They might not understand what that means from a design point of view, but I can see that because I've got most creatives will be able to make those. Yes, make sense of that. Yeah, and then bring those to life in a way that is more curated if you if yeah. you will. And the enjoyable part of that is all my job was, or I guess all your job will be is to just identify what you like. And really when it comes to your life, it's just that simple. Yeah. It's the things that I, I like to look at it as well. There's a part of my workshop as well that um, it's nice when you have teams as well, but it's asking other people to reflect about what they like about the business owner or sort of how they perceive the business owner or the, the other people in their team. And it's just a really nice way to ask people, just reflect on the things that make you mm. happy, the things that strike your, you know, creativity or your inspiration. You know, when you wake up from a really pleasant dream, what was the dream about, you know, your favorite outfit? I actually, I posted a, a brand just like a top five sort of questions for people to have a look at. If anyone's interested, you can dig brand fundamentals on my Instagram, but it's basically asking questions like, you know, what's your favorite outfit to wear? And then look in the mirror and go like, okay, what do I look like when I'm wearing my favorite outfit? Is it that I'm comfy and ready to go on a hike? Am I ready to hop into bed? Am I ready to hit the town? Am I wearing my favorite jewelry? Do I look really glam? 
Like that answer is going to be different for everyone, but it's about what makes you inherently feel good or what you gravitate to as your favorite meal, your favorite yeah. book, your TV show. The answers are hidden in your daily routine. Yeah. You just need to look. Need to start paying. <laughs> be a little bit introspective. Take inventory and take stock of what it is that you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Being a little bit more conscious about why you're happy about things and why you're not happy about things. Yeah. No, it sounds simple and it's not always the easiest thing to do. Um, love that. Yeah. So if someone was to work with you at this point, mm-hmm. what would they sort of be getting? So the workshop is the basic. I do that with every single client. It doesn't matter how big or small the project is. It's actually just the, the baseline. So when we do the workshop together, not only do you get, yes, a visual direction and brand positioning at the end of the day, but what I hope to give people is sort of the understanding and the, the confidence to then be able to run their business in the way that they've always wanted to. And like you said, you were like before, you got the document back. Um, and it was everything that you were thinking, but so much better or however you said it, that's me giving myself a compliment, but that's what I said. (laughs) Amazing verbatim. So it's, it's a matter of giving people the, I guess the, the confidence to be able to lead with a brand that represents them or that, you know, comes from a position that feels really authentic to them. And they've got it towards the point of working with a designer or, you you go to someone because you want a skill set. They're they're coming back to you with something that feels really beautiful to you, that you're really proud of, that you really love. And when you pair that with something that is really considered and tailored to who you are as a person, not only do you get the building blocks to then be able to roll out your business, both from a, I guess, a positioning and a visual point of view, but I also hope that I can give my clients the, the confidence to run their business from an authentic point of view and keep it going that way and understand parts of themselves or their team mm. that, you know, make them tick or things that they really value. And they can keep, you know, ideating and making business decisions from that point onwards based on what we've identified as their values or the things that they want to bring to the forefront of their brand experience. So it's a really useful tool. It's a framework for the business owner to basically do their thing and then look as nice as it would had a designer touched it because it was made by a designer. So lovely. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So just before I let you go, there was one thing we initially were chatting about that I did want to quickly dive into. And that was the correlation between all of this discussion on branding and reflection and your self care. And Mm. obviously your self care is the time you take to really reconnect with yourself, which I think is integral to any discussion about balance. So I'd love to know, I guess your thoughts or two cents on the importance of self care in and amongst all of this stuff that you do. Yeah. Um, So I think, the approach is really universal to uncovering any part of yourself. And I'm a big fan of self-care. I'm someone that really enjoys taking the time to sort of be with myself and do things that really authentically regenerate my life force. But the way you can sort of take this approach into self-care and you and I were chatting about this the other week. I remember I called you up and I was like, you know, I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything right. You gave me all these suggestions and I was like, I'm doing all the things that make me happy. I'm doing them every single day. Like I'm going crazy. I don't understand. Nothing's working. I was in a bit of a slump mentally, we'll say. Um, and then I took a second. I was like, okay, how are we doing this? How am I going about doing all my self-care things? And just for some context, cause I have obviously been quite introspective. Obviously, if this is how my practice is, you can imagine I like to sit with my own thoughts a lot. I know for a fact that something that I value um, is sort of spontaneity and freedom. I think freedom is really the proper word to use there. Freedom in my routine and my choices on my day to day, just across the board. Freedom is a big thing for me. And what I was doing was all of the things that I know fulfill me and make me feel really great, but I was doing them in a routine. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, you've never been a routine. You've never been a routine. Yeah, that is where you and I are very, very different. I feel really stifled creatively and emotionally, mentally, when I'm stuck to doing things, you know, ticking things off a list. I can do it, but after a while, it really saps, sucks at my life force. Whereas, like, a list replenishes my entire self and being. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I'm like, I... I like to go with the flow. I'm a little bit more cruisy. So I realized I was actually shooting myself in the foot there. Mm. I was doing more damage by trying to do my self-care in the ways that I was told. And not that your approach is wrong, but your approach is not my approach. Mm. And that's 
the real importance, I guess, of keeping that sense of that desire for authenticity and yeah. taking inventory constantly of what you value because then you end up taking on other people's suggestions not with a grain of salt. I think taking people's suggestions is a great idea, but taking it with a grain of salt and then understanding who you are as a person to then be able to execute that in a way that makes sense for you. So, you know, that's why when people, you know, you have the idea of someone's like, you know, do 30 minutes of meditation a day for someone who is constantly active or someone who likes to run or say like a teenager, someone with a lot of energy, the idea of meditating will probably drive or might drive them crazy but the idea of stillness and being able to sit with yourself and your own thoughts might be really awesome for them their execution might be better for them going on a 30 minute run Mm. you know it's the reason why people study differently why they work differently different communicate differently exactly so it's understanding where you're naturally coming from and being able to implement self-care in a way that actually does its job job and works for you it's not absent-mindedly pulling things you know, going for a 20 minute walk every morning. I don't know. I don't know what it is that, you know, that people choose to do for their self care, but you get this response of like, that just doesn't work for me. Or I tried that, but it doesn't work. Mm. The essence of what that idea, whether it be meditation or exercise or eating healthily, it might, it might actually work for you, but you're using someone else's execution, using someone else's self care tool that, is going to potentially be in the same light as what I did, do more damage than help you. Which is totally counterintuitive when we're talking about it within the frame of self-care. And the reason Mm. I love this chat is if you really, if you look at it again in alignment with the whole branding thing, it's like if you're just trying to do what is working for somebody else and trying to execute it in the same way, it's more than likely not going to work for you because... And look, it might, but it it might only work because that also rings true for you authentically. Mm. But the reason it may probably not work is because you're just not checking in with yourself and thinking, okay, is this authentic to me? But to that, I would only add, you really don't know until you try things. So you really wouldn't have known that, I don't know, doing it every morning when you wake up wouldn't have worked for you had you not done it. So it's about then reflecting yeah really. exactly. it's all coming back to reflecting as you go mm-hmm. and you know there's there's nothing wrong there's obviously especially with the age of social media everyone's personal lives are super transparent there's a lot more information and accessibility mm-hmm. to the different things that are out there you know new research and technology and methods they're just like they spread a lot faster which is an absolute blessing in the world we live mm-hmm. in the you know information age but in saying that if you are going to adopt someone else's approach you need to be critical you need to be aware of how that makes you feel and that's not to say that everything's going to work for you or nothing's going to work for you it just means that you'll need to workshop things as you go yeah absolutely so and like i said before taking on suggestions is a really great idea and it's awesome that we live in a time that you know i can google top 10 self-care tips and i could probably get a couple of lists of pretty good ideas and Like I suggest, you know, when, you know, building a brand or running a brand as well, it's the same thing for a person. You actually need to try it out. You need to suss Mm. it out. It's part of my, you know, creative process as well. I'll try a few things out and then kind of reassess in the context of the brand that I'm working with and be like, that doesn't sit. It doesn't gel. Yeah. Like you gave us a couple options before we settled on one. Yeah, exactly. And there's, and linking that all the way back to the start of when we were chatting, there is absolutely no right or wrong. Mm. Everything I think is a massive gray area. So you do need to try things out. You need to hold yourself with, I guess, a little bit of grace when you Mm. try things out and not be so, and also in on the topic of being authentic, understanding what you do value, but then also keeping flexible. Yes. And I always say this. Yeah. And understanding that what worked for you six months ago may not actually work for you now Mm. and being okay with that and being open to reevaluating what that is and absolutely not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. This actually links very nicely to doing things like a rebrand. You don't need to abandon everything that was there just because of couple of points aren't working anymore you don't need to throw away your entire morning routine because for some reason you are not feeling like going for a walk anymore your whole morning routine isn't ruined you just need to find something that might work a little differently yeah it's ticking the box at the time at a different salsa (laughs) yeah 
put a new spice on there see if you like it and if you don't you don't add the spice next time no i love that and that's absolutely true one thing i've learned of doing this whole podcast it really is that rigidity is so stifling it's crippling because Mm. nothing in life is rigid and things are always changing and i think if you are within this fixed mental mind map that nothing can change and that's the way it is you just aren't lending yourself to enjoy the way balance can you know morph and change and i think that's a really beautiful thing and i think it opens us up to new and exciting experiences Mm. and likewise obviously that goes without saying with brands as well yeah i think also a nice note to add to that i think i mentioned this before but this idea of living authentically you know brands aside living authentically is actually really uh, it requires a lot of courage it requires a lot of bravery going against the grain or what you think is expected of you or what works for other people what's been working for everyone living authentically is actually having the courage to be like this is how i am doing it this is what i like to do and more often times than not you'll find that you actually need to come to terms with how you are as a person. You find a lot of people, I'm very comfortable with doing this because I'm the kind of person that likes to be Go against the grain. <laughs> I don't know. I like have a lot of interests that aren't necessarily, you know, maybe mainstream. popular, mainstream. Um, I think a lot of creatives feel this way, which is kind of ironic, but um, being able to sit with your own thoughts and being comfortable with the fact that you are a little bit different or not being upset that you're bringing something different to the table. I think instead of looking at your differences and the ways that you might sit a little bit differently to other people as, you know, as just purely differences or something that you need to build a bridge between, it's about identifying those differences and really honoring and celebrating them. Because whilst we are all unique, we are not completely completely individual you know we we're not exist- separate yeah we, we coexist exactly and we exist in communities of people that feel similarly in certain ways you, you you and i are a great example actually we have so much common ground overlap of things that we you know connect on we're so so close but just before we were saying it, it's like routine is great for you and the idea of freedom is what liberates me so you and i actually are so different in very you know clear ways ways. and then so similar so it's about respecting our differences Mm. and learning how we might amplify them when we're together Mm. and you know do things that really bring those to the light uh, to light and celebrate them doing that with yourself personally the things that make you different are what are gonna get other people to resonate with your stories those intricacies and the nuance of who you are as an individual that actually makes people more likely to connect with you. It's why people that live really, you know, unapologetically are usually magnets for people in their life because people look at them and they, you know, see elements of themselves that they they like or they're inspired by or that they aspire towards even. So what you're doing is you also, when you live authentically, you give the people around you permission to also yeah, live authentically. Same. So this is my big sort of lofty goal, but getting people to sort of engage with the idea of business from an authentic point of view or just themselves and being able to understand and honor what makes them unique and different and being and using that, I guess, as a productive tool and a framework to then live by, you actually give the rest of the people around you permission to do the same. And then as a result, they start to sit more in their niche and what their interests are. And then you find that you're surrounded by a community of people that, might not all be, you know, sheep and saying the same thing and regurgitating the same thing, but you're in a in you're in a community of people, you've got friends around you that are comfortable voicing their opinions, or you can have really deep conversations with people and explore your differences. Um, and you actually arrive at a much more fulfilling point, a much more enriching or richer life, I yep. guess. Absolutely. Um, and that works for for brands as well. That ends up becoming your brand experience. It yep. feels more it feels richer. It feels more fulfilling. It feels more authentic. Yeah. So no point in walking around. I mean, it seems crazy to me that everyone would want transactional relationships or anyone would want a transactional, you know, business interaction. It's just, you know, you might want that with your bank, Mm. (laughs) but like, I don't, I don't really want that from my friends or my relationships or my grocer even like, I I want a different experience out of life. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. And I think it's actually a really nice place to end on as well. Um, I know you could talk for days if I let you. So I'm going to have to wrap it up yes. here. But I know everybody would have gotten a lot out of today. You are 
a wealth of knowledge. You are super articulate. So thank you for Thanks. coming on. I know you're a little bit nervous, which for those of you who don't know, is like very unusual for Sonia to not be uh, in her zone. So when I'm with my big sis, she oh, puts me on the it. spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and I am so proud because I think what you're doing is awesome. It's very, very different. And for anybody listening who does want to work with you or maybe have a chat about doing that, mm-hmm. where's the best place I can do, like reach out? Um, just via my Instagram, which is underscore Depel, but I'm sure you can do I'll a pop a tag. <laughs> yes. I'll pop a link to that below and your website. My website is still under construction. Don't hold me to that. Watch this space. I'm living authentically and taking my time building my <laughs> website. So that's my excuse. What you see is what you get people yeah. until you know. Transparency. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Well, thank you again. And thank you for having me. You're welcome. It won't be the last time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks guys. Bye. And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop. So you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam. We promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Stop, 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 stop.